You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to like usual. BYU drops four spots in the AP poll. Not all that surprising, but we'll talk about the Cougars being ranked number 22, what it means for BYU as they get ready to face off against Louisiana Tech. What is the opening line for that game? Also, what are some of my takeaways after re-watching the win over Troy? We'll get to all of it on today's edition of the podcast. It is all brought to you today by our good friends over at Built Bar. Love Built Bar. We'll tell you a little bit more about them later on in today's podcast. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 28th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thank you again for taking the time to download your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with us here. If you're new to the show, as I've mentioned all the time, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And first things first, a huge thank you to all of you who have supported this podcast. We've had the biggest month in the podcast history. We're just over two years old, but this month already, we're not even done with the month of September. We've had the biggest month in terms of overall downloads we've ever had. And that's a huge thank you and a big credit to all of you who have been joining the podcast and listening each and every day. If you don't mind doing so, continue to share with your family and friends. Let them know what they're missing out on as we talk BYU sports every day and pass along insider tidbits you won't find anywhere else. So a lot of fun to be had here on this podcast. All right, kicking off today's show, let's talk a little bit about BYU and their new ranking at number 22 in the latest AP poll that was put out yesterday. Um, Ironically, or I guess you could say, I don't know, ironically, is that the right word to use? BYU also dropped to number 22 in the coaches poll, but last week BYU was number 21 in the coaches poll as compared to number 18 in the AP poll, but this week number 22 in both polls. The good news is, is, and we talked about this on that special edition we did on the podcast late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, is that we wanted to see how the new teams being eligible for the poll, mainly Big Ten and Pac-12 teams, would affect BYU, where they would fall. For BYU to drop only four spots, not all that surprising because you think of some of the teams that joined that poll. Ohio State, um, chief among them, obviously going to be in the top five. There's a bunch of teams that BYU could have fallen behind, but I think the fact that they had two back-to-back dominant wins to start start their season, I think the pollsters, none more so than uh, Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman, he's really high on the Cougars. He kept them at number eight in his poll. He thinks they're a top 10 team. I think that the pollsters realize, you know what, BYU's pretty dang good, and we're going to give them credit, and we're going to keep them in the polls. The good news is, as like I said, is BYU had a bunch of new teams join the poll, and the fact that they are now not going to fall out of the poll, I think that's a good sign for the Cougars as they get ready for a short week this week, as they get ready to take on Louisiana Tech. I... <laughs> Some of you, when I tweeted this out yesterday, said, well, what the crap? Why is BYU dropping in the polls? They should rise, if anything. Here's the thing, folks. The fact that BYU is ranked against what is perceived to be a pretty weak schedule, and there are things that could change, obviously. Boise State officially gets on the docket. We hope to hear about that later this week. I heard the Mountain West is hoping to have their schedule in place uh, this week at the latest so their teams know exactly who they're preparing for and, what, under a month now? 
but I think it's going to be a good sign for the Cougars. If they keep going out and winning in dominant fashion, they're going to stay ranked. There's no doubt about it. BYU, as we talk about constantly on this podcast, might sound like a broken record with this, but this team, if they keep winning games and winning in the fashion they have through the first two games of the year, that is going to give them a big opportunity to stay in these polls. Obviously, if you slip up and have a disappointing game where you drop a close one or something like that, well, guess what? At that point, you're leaving the pollsters probably no choice to be like, you know what? This was fool's gold, speaking of BYU, and now they're out of the poll. BYU can control the controllable, and the controllable in this instance is just to win the games in front of you. Louisiana Tech comes in this week. You handle that. Next week, it's Texas State. The week after that, it's Houston. Uh, UTSA the week after that, and on we go. If BYU keeps winning games and they win them handily against these so-called lesser opponents, I think the Cougars are going to be well-received by the national media. I think a lot of them really like BYU and what they've done so far. Guys like Stuart Mandel have said BYU is pretty, pretty good, using the phrase from uh, HBO. What's the show? Not Arrested Development. Why why is Arrested Development stuck in my head? Uh, What's the show I'm thinking of? shouldn't even use the reference if I can't recall the show on on recall, but apologies for that. But he, he's a big believer in BYU. We've seen others do it. And obviously, I think as, the, as long as the Cougars keep winning games, they're going to stay in these polls. You keep winning and teams start losing or teams open up the season. Let's look at you, LSU, and some of these other teams in the SEC that had disappointing starts to the season. Well, they're going to start dropping. And if they drop out of the poll, that opens up spots for BYU to move up. I don't think you're going to see the Cougars drop out of the top 25 if they keep winning games. I may be biased in saying that, but as long as you win games, you can stay undefeated on the season based on what BYU currently has scheduled. There's no reason why the national media will take you out of their rankings. But like I said, it's all about controlling the controllable. You go out, take care of business, do what you have to do to stay in those national polls, and you let the chips fall where they may. A conversation on the game late in it when BYU, speaking of the Troy game, when BYU was blowing the Trojans out, uh, Rod Gilmore was talking about the fact, you know what, what would happen with BYU if they were undefeated, they run the table here, and they're sitting at 8 or 9-0 and come the end of the season. I'll tell you this much, Great talking point, and guess what? BYU wants exposure. That's about as good of exposure as you're going to get because the national media will have to debate you being an undefeated team and the merits of your schedule against maybe another team who may be 7-2, and 6-1, and one, whatever they end up being. I think what you got to do if you're Kalani Satake is turn to your team and say, don't pay attention to what people are talking about. And I know that sounds really dumb as a media member for me to say, don't pay attention to us. But they've got to preach it to their team. They have to get out there and just let their team know, handle your business. Go prepare the same way you've prepared for the first two games of the season. Let's go curb stomp Louisiana Tech, hopefully, get to 3-0, and and then get ready for next week. Just keep winning games, and we'll figure the rest of it out as we go along. I think that's the best way BYU can go about this. And like I said, I may be biased in saying this, but so long as BYU just keeps winning, I don't see them falling out of the national polls. I might be wrong about that. We'll find out. But I really do think as long as you keep winning games, that old adage, just win, baby, from Al Davis, the old Raiders owner, you keep winning games, the national media will pay attention to you, and you will stay in those national rankings. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll talk about some of my takeaways from that Troy game after re-watching it, some guys who stood out to me on film. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Bar, guys. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market, bar none, guys. And I mean that sincerely. I have enjoyed every one of the Built Bars I have ever eaten. I've eaten my fair share of them, I'm not going to lie, over the past six months or so since they came on as a sponsor. And they're absolutely marvelous. 18 unique flavors. No matter what your palate likes, and there are so many different palates out there, trust me, in my own family, there are different palates. I'm a big fan of fruit flavors. I also like chocolate. The best part about it is among those 18 flavors from Built Bar, you have one I guarantee you'll like, if not more than that. I've been a huge fan of Cherry Barcia. It's a great nickname there, Cherry Barcia, get it? I also really enjoy the peanut butter brownie. I've really enjoyed the the orange chocolate cream. There are so many different flavors out there that have been absolutely marvelous. I would encourage you guys to check it out. Right now at Built Bar, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON and save yourself $10 on your next order. doesn't matter if you're a longtime listener like myself or if you're a brand new listener who's just checking them out for the first time. $10 off your first order, a significant savings, I'll tell you that much, by going to BuiltBar.com and using that promo code LOCKEDON. Real simple way to save yourself some money and get the best taste protein bars on the market. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Save yourself $10 and thank us later. You know what's fun, guys, is when I can go back and watch a BYU game and just really revel in what BYU did right in a game. And obviously, through two games this year, BYU's been absolutely marvelous. They've outscored their opposition 103-10. to Just an incredible scoring margin. As our good friend Joe Wheat pointed out, we did talked about this on the podcast we did after the game, with a BYU scoring margin, they are the highest in terms of margin of victory in all of NCAA right now. The best part about it is, is the closest team to them, SMU, has a plus 80 margin, but that's through three games. BYU is absolutely pummeling their opposition, and it is so much fun to talk about. But let's run down some of the things I learned from BYU after re-watching that game against Troy first thing, I hope Hayden Livingston is able to heal up quickly. Of course, he uh, suffered what was put into concussion protocol on the first play of the game. The kickoff there came down the field and the returner for Troy, it's one of those telltale things. You see it after you see it on replay. He takes a knee to the helmet and he is on the field, obviously concussed. I don't know how long he'll be out. Obviously, you have to pass the baseline test and be cleared to medically return. Hayden Livingston's been a backup cornerback and been the holder for BYU on their special teams unit. And to lose him for any extended period of time, it hurts to a degree, but hopefully he heals up quickly and he doesn't come back and rush things. So we're looking forward to seeing how everything goes for him. A couple other notes for you guys is I really like how BYU mixed up their blitz schemes in this game. They did so by using zone blitzes early. They brought all-out blitzes. They absolutely just torched Troy. And the nice part is, similar to what they did against USC a year ago, BYU was getting home with three and four-man pressures. That is the perfect, perfect scheme for a defense if you can do that. The nice part is I think BYU learned from last year when they had that drop eight scheme that you know what? Yes, we can drop eight against Air Raid, but there are times you need to bring the house at these guys and make these quarterbacks jumpy. Gunnar Watson, he got jumpy feet in this game. I watched as the game progressed. He got progressively jumpier and jumpier and just never was settled in that pocket late in this game. And that's a credit to BYU on defense. They now have nine sacks through two games. They had 17 through 13 games a year ago. This defense is a lot more aggressive. I don't know what has gone into it other than the fact that I, in talking with people around the program, Kalani Sitake has a huge say in what the defense is doing this year. He kind of took it over a little bit midway through last year. I, His ultimate changes didn't take root until this offseason, but I can tell you this much. 
It's fun to see what BYU is doing out there on defense, and they were very aggressive in this game. I like the variety of blitzes. They brought guys from all angles of the field. Zone blitzes dropping off linemen. It's a nice change to what BYU had been running on defense. Some other things I saw after this, Peyton Wilgar, he really stood out to me in this game. He is a true, uh, what you'd call a triple threat linebacker. I don't know if that's even a term, but his ability to cover, play the run, and even do special teams things, just do kind of that, be that Iron Man and just do the right thing when you're needed to. He does it, and that's awesome to see. Peyton was a preferred walk-on coming to BYU, has now earned a scholarship. And I'm telling you what, he may be one of the best defensive prospects in terms of the NFL on BYU's roster right now. I don't necessarily know if he has the speed, the measurables, et cetera, that the NFL is looking for, but I'll tell you this much. He is going to be a problem for opposing offenses for however long he remains in a BYU uniform. I really like what he showed. Keenan Peely, likewise, his uh, tandem running mate there in that 3-4, 3-3-5 alignment, those two middle linebackers. Keenan was very active early on. It was good to see him getting a lot of work and really liked what he showed in this game. Other things I took away from this. Isaac Rex, of course, caught his first career touchdown. I'll tell you what, though. I was more impressed with his blocking ability in this game. He is a guy who's a big body, 6'6", probably 250 pounds at this point. But he is a very capable and willing blocker. Jeff Grimes has always required that his tight ends block as well as be good receiving options. The nice part is I think that Isaac Rex has gotten that early on in his career. He's worked hard at it. And as a redshirt freshman, I guess he'll officially be, but he'll be a redshirt freshman next year because this year doesn't count for eligibility's sake. He is going to be a problem for opposing teams because his ability to both block, uh, get out and run, he's just a great athlete. It was good to see his blocking ability. I was very impressed with that. One interesting note here, and it was something I reported on, is Isaiah Kafusi had a false positive test. He tested positive for COVID-19 last Monday, so a week ago today, but then throughout the week, never had any symptoms. They tested him again multiple times. They all came back negative, and he was declared to have a false positive test. Some of you may have caught this during the broadcast. I did not catch it because I was watching the game in person, covering the game for my station, the Zone Sports Network. But as I rewatched this game, late in the game, Kavika Fanua, as he was doing his double duty, running the ball on offense, uh, the broadcast crew from ESPN talked about the fact that they heard that Fanua may not be available for this game like Kafusi. I'm just speculating here. But is that two false positive tests for BYU during this COVID-19 pandemic? And I'm not trying to say that this is a this is a total joke or it's something that needs to be paid attention to, but it is something that needs to be scrutinized if you're BYU, if that is indeed the case. Because if you have false positives that are causing you to have games postponed, that's a problem. We saw Georgia State, wasn't it, over this weekend? and saw that report yesterday that they actually got the wrong results of their COVID-19 testing that caused their game against Charlotte to be canceled. Now, that has got to be infuriating as an athletic director, a coach, a player inside that program. That would have me livid that you canceled or postponed a game at the very least when you had the wrong information in your hands. Be it far from me to distrust medical professionals. I'm not trying to say that, but just reading into what they were talking about on the broadcast last night with Kavika Fanua saying that he was not supposed to be available like Isaiah Kafusi. 
Well, reading between the lines, does that mean there were two false positive tests for BYU with COVID-19 last week that luckily were caught and they were they, things were fixed. They got the false positive out of the way and they were allowed these two players to play. But it is something, if you're the BYU football program, it needs to be closely scrutinized going forward here. You can't have guys thinking they're not going to play when they don't think they're sick, but they have gotten a test that says they're positive. It's a problem, especially because you have these young men thinking, you know, I tested positive here, and then they don't have any symptoms, and they start questioning things. And if this is going to be an issue going forward, we talk on this podcast often. It's one of my life mottos that once is a mistake, two times or more is a problem. If this happens again where BYU has multiple players, and I'm not saying that this is ultimately how it's going to play out. I hope it doesn't. I hope everything goes smoothly from here on out and BYU's able to finish their season with relatively low, if no, future COVID-19 positive tests. But if they continue to have false positive tests, that's a problem with BYU's testing protocol that absolutely needs to be addressed and scrutinized to see if they can find a better way to go about things. We'll see if we can get some more information on that today. BYU head coach Kalani Satake, as well as some of his players, will speak to the media in their annual, or I keep saying annual, weekly press conference. It's not an annual press conference. It's a weekly press conference on Mondays. Hopefully we can get some more information on that, but I I really do think that they need to be careful with this and look into this if this is going to be a bigger issue for the Cougars. One final note before we move on to our next topic is I wanted to give a shout out to Chris Wilcox. It was good to see him finally back out on the field for BYU. Of course, he has played, what, one game in 18 months? I played last year late in the season for a little bit and then had things shut down on him. It was good to see him out there playing for the Cougars and running around. I think the biggest sign of respect for him is that Troy refused to go to his side of the field, it seemed like, in this game. Obviously, when you have a true freshman cornerback, you're going to test him early and often to see how he holds up. And speaking of Micah Harper, who was kind of the starting tandem cornerback on the opposite opposite side of the field from Chris Wilcox, but Harper acquitted himself quite well, but I think the ultimate respect was paid to Chris Wilcox as a senior leader for BYU, his battle back from injury. Troy heard he was coming back, I would assume, and decided, you know what, we're not going towards number 32. That is the biggest sign of respect you can have as a defensive back, and a big ups to Chris Wilcox and hoping to see him in a bigger role and playing more significant time, etc., going forward for the BYU football program. So there you go. Some of my takeaways after rewatching the film, I thought it was a great game for BYU. Maybe not as clean offensively as they had a game against Navy, but after 19 days off, there was some rust to be accumulated, but they knocked it off nicely and rolled to a 48-7 victory nonetheless. All right, well, coming up here in just a second, we'll get an early look at Louisiana Tech, the line for BYU going into this game on Friday night. It's a pretty big one. I was surprised how big it was, but we'll talk about that here in a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, we're doing a giveaway for some BYU gear that I have. It's BYU Nike gear. It's the good stuff. If you guys would like to be entered in to win this gear, all you got to do, it's real simple, is on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating, as well as a review of what you like about the show. You got to leave us a sentence or two. Just leaving the ratings, I've noticed some of the people have just left a five-star rating. I don't know who you are if you leave a five-star rating. It honestly doesn't tell me who they are. The only way I know you've entered into this is to leave us a review as well as the rating you have done. So leave us that five-star rating, but also leave us a sentence or two of what you like about the show. Maybe you have a tip that we'd like to improve about the show, whatever it might be. But as soon as that pops up, you're entered to win. We'll do a giveaway here soon of some of this gear and get it shipped out to you guys. And a big thank you once again for your continued support of the Locked On Cougars podcast. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day. So a real simple way 
to win some BYU Nike gear. Leave us a rating or review. Let, let us know what you like about the show, and we'll be happy to get you entered into that giveaway. And once again, a big thank you for your support of us here on Locked on Cougars. All right, as we close out this Monday edition of the show, a couple of thoughts for you guys. And one thing I failed to note in this podcast earlier, as well as yesterday's podcast that we did a special edition recap BYU's win over Troy, is that the last time BYU scored this many points through two games to open a season was that great season in 2001. Obviously, Brandon Doman was the quarterback, Luke Staley the running back in that. BYU opened up that season with a 70-point game against Tulane, and I think was it 52 points against Nevada on their way to starting the season 12 and 0 obviously finishing the season in disappointing fashion we don't need to relive that but 12 and 2 that year BYU's off to a historic start on offense and it's good to see them breaking through it's been 19 years since 2001 since BYU's had this hot of a start on offense in terms of points very cool to see and a big ups to the BYU football program because that's not easy to sustain that type of that level or that type of success, but I think the BYU is built to do this. Obviously, injuries are a concern. If you have more injuries, you have an unfortunate injury to a quarterback or some of these running backs, Lopini Katoa, Tyler Algier, knock on wood. I'm knocking on my wood desk there. Hopefully you heard that come through on the recording. You want to see these guys stay healthy because right now what they've got on offense, the way they're built, BYU's built to have a great run here against some of these opponents. Obviously, they get ready this Friday for a game against Louisiana Tech. Skip Holtz, the head coach there. This was a 10-win team a year ago, folks. The interesting part about this, though, is that Louisiana Tech, BYU apparently is supposed to crush this team. I have seen the opening line for BYU anywhere from 22 to 24 points. Yes, for those of you keeping score at home, that's more than three touchdowns. I think that's both a credit to BYU as well as I think some of these odds makers concerns about Louisiana Tech. Uh, Tech is coming into this game undefeated. They had their opener at Baylor canceled due to COVID-19. They have wins over Southern Miss 31 to 30. It was a tight game there. And then they beat Houston Baptist an FCS level program this past weekend 66 to 38. Now, 66-38 to 38 against Houston Baptist. Okay, you think they had a lot of offense. Well, guess what? They also gave up a lot of offense. In this game, the Bulldogs racked up 542 yards on offense, but gave up 501 yards. Of course, Houston Baptist, for those of you who pay a little closer attention to college football, they gave Texas Tech a scare and Tech's opening uh, win over them. I think it was a two-point conversion that Houston Baptist didn't complete. They would have tied that game or whatever it might have been. This is a very good offense, speaking of Houston Baptist, that has took it to two FBS opponents back-to-back. But that's a concern for the Bulldogs as they come in and face off against a BYU team who would love nothing more than to roll up more yardage. BYU through two games in terms of total offense, 1,244 yards of offense, and they've given up a little bit over 300 yards total through two games. This has been a dominant dominant start to the season for BYU. And I don't think it's a coincidence that BYU opens up as more than a three touchdown favorite as they get ready for Friday night against Louisiana Tech. I think it's going to be a fun game. I would right now, my kind of my gut feeling would say, you know what, take the points and Louisiana Tech maybe is 17 points worse than BYU. So in betting parlance, you take the points. Those of you who pay attention to that, you know what I'm talking about. But anyways, the good news is BYU's dominant hot start 
is being rewarded, and they are expected to go out and just absolutely roll another team in Louisiana Tech this week. We'll see how it goes. We'll have our practice insiders reporting back to us all week long, passing along anything that they glean. My source is down there. Love passing this information along to you guys. Some people on Twitter may not appreciate it, but those of you who listen to us on this podcast, I can't thank you enough, and that's my reward to you guys who support this show each and every day. That's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. As I said, we'll be talking with Kalani Sitake as well as his players during his weekly press conference later on today. We'll have highlights from that on tomorrow's podcast. Um, Hopefully going to have some conversations that we'll be able to play later this week with people from Louisiana Tech. Skip Holtz is expected to join the station I work for, the Zone Sports Network, on Wednesday. We'll have some highlights from that on the podcast, and we'll have you as ready as anybody for this game Friday night against the Bulldogs as we roll on through this week. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. A big thank you once again for your continued support of the show. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day and one thing real quick before we go here I failed to do this for the past couple of weeks but we've relaunched the Locked On College Football Show on the Locked On Podcast Network and it's a great show we have different hosts hosting it each day with their unique insights from around the country people in Big Ten country ACC SEC I do need to get somebody out here in the West, maybe myself at some point, to be a host on that. But it is a great show. So once you're done with this podcast, tell your podcast provider or look them up. Look up Locked On College Football and get a great look at more of the national storylines going on in this great sport that we all love. All right, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. Once again, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 28th, 2020. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.